0: We had a great Sunday last week for All Saints Sunday, an opportunity once a year to gather and to give thanks to God for all the saints in our lives, those people who share with us the love and the grace of God. We remembered our dead. We read during this worship hour the names of all those who died were part of our church in the last year. And with tears in our eyes, we also lit candles to remember even beyond the year, those who have died and yet whose memory is alive in our hearts. As a church, we remembered and we celebrated the hope that is ours in Christ, a hope of resurrection to life everlasting. This morning, Jesus has a conversation about resurrection. He talks with a group of Sadducees, and it gets kind of complicated, doesn't it? In fact, it actually makes my head hurt. Think about it. One person's married, dies childless. The brother takes the wife, tries, and none of the childless, and goes on and on and on. And the Sadducees try to ask this question to trip Jesus up because... They were a group that had very definitive understandings of the way the world and God worked. Didn't fit in with Jesus' teaching and preaching. And not only does the question hurt my head, but so does Jesus' answer, quite honestly. Doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. So what's going on? Well, first of all, let's look at these Sadducees. Now, if you have Google, not now, but later, you can use it to Google the Sadducees and you can find out about who they are. And actually, I encourage you, Wikipedia is pretty good with all matters biological or theological. You can find out a lot of things by just Googling a question. You should do that when you read the Bible. Anyway, if you did that, you would find out that the Sadducees were this group that were connected to the temple. They were connected in that second temple period, the time of the temple that stood where Jesus went to when he went to Jerusalem. But they were the aristocracy. They were the wealthy ones. They were the ones who were holier than thou, and they had a very interesting, very regressive, limited understanding of what God and and that relationship with the people was all about. For them, Only the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, legend has it, was written by Moses. Only that portion of Scripture counted. Moses didn't say it. They didn't believe it. End of story. Now, around the time of Jesus' teaching and preaching that first century, a lot of folks were thinking about resurrection. They were thinking about what happens in life after. Certainly, there must be a relationship of some sort that continues with God. And influenced by the prophets, Isaiah and Ezekiel, for instance, they started to imagine, well, what would a resurrection look like? What might it be? Even before the Christians came along with a pretty good answer of that. Any case, they, the Sadducees, they just couldn't get on board they looked, couldn't see it in the first five books of Moses, and so it must not be. So linked, so conformed to that image of the past were they, that they couldn't see what God was doing right in front of their eyes. Jesus' answer to them invites them beyond these limited traditional understandings of, of, of marriage even, and he invites them to a place of relationship. Instead of being legalistic, instead of understanding that relationship with God in terms of the rules, he invites them to understand that relationship in terms of a parent and a child. In the resurrection... We are children of God. God loves us the care and the grace that a parent would share for their child. So that is God's love and grace shared and shown for us. Wow, that's exciting. And so Jesus not only shares that relationship, but he invites them to be children of resurrection. What might that mean? To be a child of the resurrection. Well, let me use the example of baptism. The experience of baptized life. To maybe get at some of that. It was great today. We had two wonderful baptisms. Such joy. Every time the church gathers around the waters of baptism. It is a joy filled moment. It's a time to celebrate new life that God has given to us through those waters. A new life that claims our life for God. It gives us eternal life. We misunderstand it. We get it wrong. We think that that only happens after we die, but not so. We're living eternal life. Right now, this life that we have with God, this breathing thing that we're going to do over the next 24 hours, that is part of a life that continues with God. And yes, that life continues beyond our earthly living, but God's got that life and gives us that life. And we best understand it as a gift because it's precious. It comes to us by the love and grace of God. And it's a life that is filled with promise. God promises to always be near, to always love, to always forgive, to be a part of our living. And God invites. Through the waters of baptism, we are invited into a community of resurrection. A community that gives life and proclaims life in the world Even amid the broken constructions of the past that we have, even amid the injustices, the bigotries, the wrongs, God gives us as a community the charge to go and to proclaim the love of Jesus, to proclaim the welcome of Christ in this place and through our lives. Let me tell you a story of a high school senior. This high school senior went to church on a regular basis. So much so did she feel welcomed in her church that her family brought her to since she was baptized that the church elected her to the church council. She was so excited, shared with her friends. But her friend said, you know, church is about judgment. Church is not about welcome. Church is not about a place that accepts us for who we are. Some of her friends happen to be gay and lesbian. We're not welcomed in churches. Well, this high school senior, trusting in God's welcome, in God's grace, she challenged the church council to think about opening our doors explicitly, saying our welcome was genuine and real. Our welcome reflected the table practices of Jesus, who never excluded anyone. Our welcome includes all people, regardless of their race, their gender identity, regardless of their financial capacity. They are welcomed because unity we have in Christ. She understood. The gift of welcome comes from God, it's not earned. She understood that the promise of baptism means that we're connected to God no matter what. And she understood the invitation. To be a part of resurrected community that makes a difference and changes communities. Changes it with the welcome and the love of God. Not by judging, but by embracing and by saying, "You belong to God." Now, if you're wondering that high school senior, she's Ainsley, and she's hiding behind the camera in the back, and I'm proud of her, because she is inviting us to have conversations about welcome. And you can do that today. After you get your cup of coffee, we'll be down the other room. Come. Let's talk, let's imagine. What does it mean to be resurrected children of God? What does it mean to welcome as Jesus welcomed? What does it mean to be a place where everyone can feel God's love? Resurrection, life, promise, invitation. They are ours, children of God. Amen.